Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of You Scared of This, the podcast where two grown men watch every episode of Nickelodeon's hit horror anthology series for kids, Are You Afraid of the Dark?, and try to determine whether or not it's scary. I'm Eli Phillips, and with me, as always, is my best friend, David Dykus. That's me. <laughs> a grown man. Listen, we're not going to redo the bit. Listeners, we're going to warn you right off the bat. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, was just, I was just setting up so you could splice it in if you wanted. It's easier for us to just pull back the curtain right now and let you know. We're going to talk about episode number 28 of Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of Apartment 214. But it will be the second time Ela and I have talked about it in the past 12 hours. Yep. And why is that? In an unlikely twist of fate, last night when we tried to record this episode, both of our computers crapped out on us. It's true. Apparently, some some divine force does not want us to talk about this episode. And who can blame it? <laughs> but to hell with them. We're going to power through this one way or the other. Eli, how you been? Calm. If you do not want me to review the, the tale of apartment 214, to hell with you. <laughs> <laughs> Dykus, how are you doing? Oh my god. Uh, well, I've, I've had a better weekend than the one I just, uh, experienced. I spent my entire weekend taking care of an unruly dog. Uh, I yelled mm-hmm. at an old person. Oh. And someone signed up for multiple porn accounts using my email without my knowledge. That's fun. I didn't even realize there were so many MILF-centric websites on the internet, but I found out the hard way. And those are, those are only the MILF-centric websites that aren't on the deep web. So I've had kind of a shit weekend, and I'm afraid that may have uh, tainted my opinion of the episode we're about to discuss. Well, should we jump right into it, or is there any nude business, uh, aside from the nude business that you dealt with this weekend? <laughs> uh, there's a little bit of nude business. We've got some more Nickelodeon news. Uh, hot That's off, right. Fresh off the announcement of their Dominican Republic resort, Nickelodeon announced that they're going to be building a new theme park. Uh, in New Jersey. It's going to be inside an enormous new mall that's under construction there, Uh, but it's slated to open in 2018. This is the most throwback news possible, right? Like, Nickelodeon is opening up a new amusement park, and also it's happening in a mall, which I didn't know people still went to. Well, this is no ordinary mall. This is a mall being built by the minds behind Mall of America, the biggest mall Mm. in America. I think they're thinking in much larger scale than uh, than your typical, you know, J.C. Penney and Sears. This is some serious shit. Hence the amusement park built into it. I found out about this through the AV Club. They reported on it, uh, and they say that if if Nickelodeon's other amusement park located in the Mall of America is any indication, it probably won't skew too too hard on the side of nostalgia. It's probably going to focus on more recent properties, uh, but still something to look forward to. Once you've finished with your luxurious trip to the Dominican Republic, why not go up to New Jersey? <laughs> Check this place out. <laughs> Two places I never thought I would deliberately vacation. And now I could probably I could probably be convinced to see both of those. We had a little bit of other news that was not Nickelodeon related, but was probably worth mentioning anyway. Tales from the Crypt is coming back. Yep, they made the official announcement yesterday. Yes, this was some... Late breaking news to the you scared of this newsroom, but yeah, Tales from the Crypt are turning on TNT. Uh, so at least one 90s horror anthology show is going to be coming back in the near future. It'll only be the first of many, I assume. We can only hope. But yeah, that's all the nude business I have this week. Awesome. Well, then let's dive right into this exciting episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Let's get this over with again. Yep. The Tale of Apartment 214. This episode aired on January 15th, 1994. And it was 
allegedly written and directed by Scott Peters. Now, I say allegedly because, as you pointed out last night when we were talking, when we interviewed DJ McHale, he claimed that he was, in fact, the writer of all of the season three episodes. And the writing credit goes to the person who came up with the idea and sold him a pitch for an episode. And then he bought the pitch and wrote the episode, or at least did revisions on it. So based on that, it can be assumed that Scott Peters at least came up with the concept, but he's credited as the sole mind behind this episode. Yeah, it is the uh, 28th episode overall and the second episode of season three, which means we are still in the middle of our Tucker plotline with the Midnight Society. That's right. We start this episode off with Tucker futzing about with the bag of midnight dust, doing something mischievous. Yeah, and Betty Ann tries to stop him. She's like, oh, if Gary saw you doing that, he'd let Frank pound you. <laughs> Speak of the devil, Frank and Gary both show up. Gary is pissed. Frank is even more pissed. Frank <laughs> says he's been helping his brother move all day and that he feels exhausted. Uh, and it's here that we get a wonderful exchange between Tucker and, uh, and Frank. <laughs> I'm dead. Yeah, from the neck up. Hey, you want to be dead from the neck down? That's right, folks. Frank threatens to paralyze Tucker from the neck down. Holy shit. (laughs) Once again, I'm so happy to have uh, angry Frank back. This little opening does a lot to establish Tucker's character. Like, they're really kind of trying to round him out in the two episodes in which he has appeared. Uh, He's sort of a mischievous scamp, and yeah, he is... He's the new foil for uh, for Frank. Was part of the idea behind bringing Tucker onto the show, do you think, to have a younger member that the viewing audience could relate to? You know, that's a really good question. I had not thought about that. If he was meant to be the Robin to everyone else's Batman. Exactly, yeah. He's he's the enthusiastic young kid who's new to the Midnight Society. That would and be- also, it might have been forward-thinking since all the other cast members are, you know, getting older. Yeah, you're probably right. We don't want to lose him too soon. Uh, One other little bit I want to mention here is that Betty Ann once again mentions her friend Sam. Uh, It says that Sam will have her story ready next week. So we need to be ready next week when Sam tells the story next week. This better be a hell of a uh, hell of a story Sam's telling. She's taken like at least two weeks to to build up this story. And that is not the last mention of Sam will get this episode. Right. But anyway, Frank comes in, says he's exhausted from moving. Kiki uses this to dovetail into her story. She says, I like moving. I like learning about a new place to live and the history there and blah, blah, blah. This sets up her story, which she prepares to tell. She reaches into the bag of midnight dust. We get a really big dramatic buildup. And then... I call this story... Give it back, bozo. They all look over at Scrappy-Doo, I mean Tucker... And uh, he hands over the bag. He's got a big shit-eating grin on his face, and he's hidden the entire bag of coffee creamer. Up his it's ass. Like inside of a Ziploc bag. <laughs> he, has, he has smuggled what looks like pounds of powder. But he hands the bag over to Kiki, and she starts the story proper. The Tale of Apartment 214. Written and directed by Scott Peters. Original air date. January. Nope. Did we already do that? Nope. Yeah, we already did that. Uh, all right. So the story starts, we meet our one young protagonist, we meet Stacy, and Stacy is having a rough go of it. She's just moved to a new apartment with her mom, we're told that her parents are potentially divorcing in the near future. Which is kind of a bold choice for them to make, to, to hit kids with that reality in an entertainment show. Yeah, this is probably the earliest mention of divorce I can think of on Nickelodeon. It's not uh, just interesting to me that 
that they're mentioning divorce. It's not like her parents are divorced. Like we're seeing a kid whose parents are in the middle of separating. Um, they're no longer living together. The mom and daughter are moving out and the parents might not get back together. But Stacy and her mom are moving into this tiny, crappy apartment across town. Uh, we find out they have a crazy Russian landlord who is maybe my favorite character in the episode. Oh, yeah. He, he looks like a portly Zangief. He's got, like, Einstein hair and then, like, yeah, a really shaggy set of, like, mutton chops, maybe? This guy accosts them in the parking lot and scares them. We should drop that in here. Hey! You scared me! You don't park here. But the point of all this is to show that Stacy is in a new town and doesn't have any friends. Just like yep, every other lonely. main character in every other episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark. Can you think of any, like, main character in Are You Afraid of the Dark who just had too many friends? <laughs> and that was what was so horrifying. <laughs> I just have too many friends. I, how am I going to make oh, time for all of them? Oh no, a new kid has moved into town. I can't also be friends with them, can I? <laughs> But yeah, this is a very familiar scenario that Stacy finds herself in. Uh, Stacy and her mom live in apartment 213, which is right down the hall, obviously, from apartment 214. And every time we see the door to that apartment, we get the feeling that there's something mysterious happening behind it. Mainly because there's mysterious music playing, and literally every time Stacy walks past the door, it opens on its own. Yeah, every time we see the door... It cracks open, we hear strange music from inside, there's a light emanating from within the apartment... Uh, and Stacy begins to become curious. Yep, she's suspicious of what's going on. She walks past it several times while moving into the new apartment, and the door always cracks open as though someone on the other side is, is spying on her, is peeking out the door at her. And then there's a moment pretty early in the episode where she's reading on their funky-looking balcony, and uh, she hears knocks on the window. And she goes into the apartment, and she hears knocks on the front door. And then she goes out into the hall, and the door to apartment 214 opens. And it's this entire, like otherworldly spooky thing happening that someone is just trying to lure her down the hall and before she can get to apartment 214 her mom stops her and says quit fucking around kid i don't want you wandering around alone at night that's what that's verbatim by the way yeah i don't want you fucking around at night come on back inside but this keeps happening we see it happen over and over and over again at one point stacy goes to check on the door during the daytime and she's stopped by a girl of roughly her own age he was like, hey, are you new to town? Blah, blah, blah. Do you want to be friends? Yeah, Stacy agrees to be friends with this new girl, but they aren't going to hang out immediately. She invites Stacy to hang out. And she's like, mm, maybe later. And then they part ways. And we're not going to see that girl again for uh, a little bit of the episode. Finally, one night, she hears the noises. She sees the lights. She sneaks over to the apartment and opens the door. And she enters apartment 214. And she is surprised to discover it's this lavishly furnished, really kind of opulent apartment with paintings on every wall. This apartment is another one of those situations where someone was was really gung-ho about the, uh, the set decoration. They said, oh, this is meant to be the apartment of an old person. And their primary characteristic is being old. So there are like... Decorative pillows and little lace doily things draped over the back of the couch and tacky wallpaper and like little porcelain animals. It is the oldest old person apartment ever. Like I'm just imagining the uh, production team going around with sketch pads to like a hundred grandma houses. Yeah, it's like they sat down and made a mind map and, they, and every word they wrote down on the mind map, they just went for it. But Stacy sees all of this. She can't believe what she's seeing. And out from the hallway emerges a kindly old lady who tells her, It's about time you came to see me. 
which if I'm Stacy, this is the point where I turn around and close the door and never wonder about apartment 214 again. Because there is a creepy old person in there waiting for me. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, this is a sad story about a woman who is maybe a little crazy. I don't think she's a little crazy. <laughs> I mean, you know, we'll, you know how we'll old get people there. get. But the lady introduces herself as Madeline. She says she lives in this apartment and she's all alone. We get a lot of exposition from Madeline. Yeah, we get a big exposition dump here where she says that she used to live with her kindly nephew, who had promised her that she could live with him for as long as she wanted to. Uh, but eventually, the nephew reneged on his promise uh, once his family got to a certain size and told Madeline she had to leave. He broke his promise. And now she lives here by herself with no friends and no family and no life. She's all alone and she's sad about it. Stacy takes pity on Madeline and sits down and tells her, Well, I can be your friend, I guess, if you don't mind being friends with a kid. And Madeline laughs and says, Well, as long as you don't mind being friends with an old person. They commiserate over being lonely, and they agree to be friends, and we get a montage of Stacy uh, coming around and visiting Madeline and bringing her flowers and groceries and having tea together and all sorts of stuff. Things you do with an old person. Yeah, which is to say nothing. Change the bedpan. <laughs> we get Stacy, uh, uh, I don't want to go down that road, huh? That seems mean. <laughs> no ageist jokes? Yeah. I don't want to offend our, uh, our octogenarian <laughs> audience. <laughs> the the few people in that age bracket who listen to podcasts and know what they are. Anyway, we get this montage. We see that they're becoming fast friends. Uh, but then... But then... But then, one day Madeline asks Stacy if she can make sure to come over the next day. It's a very special day, and she doesn't want to be alone on this day. And Stacy promises her, in no uncertain terms, that she'll be there, and they'll spend the day together, and everything will be fine. Yeah, I mean, what could go wrong here? The very next day, uh... Stacy is at her mailbox, and she bumps into this new friend of hers that she met down the hall, the young girl that's about her age. And she says, hey, we're supposed to hang out sometime soon, right? Stacy's like, yeah. And the girl's like, perfect, because I got tickets to uh, the Battle of the Bands. Stacy's like, oh, shit, dog. <laughs> she literally shits. Stacy almost immediately caves to this peer pressure. She tells her other friend, well, I have something to do. Like, I had made plans, but it doesn't take much convincing and to get Stacy at the Battle of the Bands. Yeah, this girl, Stacy's like, I can't go. And then the girl reminds her, it's the Battle of the Bands, and waves the tickets at her a second time. And that's literally all it takes. There are multiple problems with this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we had this discussion last night, but we're going to have it again. <laughs> Mm -hmm, Number mm -hmm. one, any rational person is just going to tell the other girl, I'm sorry, I've made plans. We'll have to do something else. Yep. Number and two. Also, go ahead. go ahead. Also, even if she didn't have other plans, any rational person is going to pretend they had other plans so that they don't have to go to a battle of the bands. Exactly. I don't guess Stacy's ever seen an actual battle of the bands, but no battle of the bands is worth changing your plans for. Yeah, this is 1994. It is not going to be uh, you two battling against the Red Hot Chili Peppers. This is going to be local shitty bands playing shitty modern covers badly. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened at that Battle of the Bands. Stacy and Redhead, they watched 12 bands cover Alive by Pearl Jam. And then one band <laughs> cover Give It Away Now. <laughs> While a bunch of, like... Really unfortunate dudes get way too excited about it in the audience. <laughs> the dudes who are too crappy of human beings to be in a cover band, even. They are the lowest of the low. 
Uh, but, yeah. But for this stupid reason, Stacy misses her date with Madeline. She goes to see Madeline that night after the concert's over. She walks in, and this is when shit gets real. The lights are out. Yeah. It's storming outside. Did Madeline cause this storm? I kind of wonder now. I actually wondered that when I was watching it, if this wasn't some sort of manifestation of Madeline's uh, feelings. Because when Stacy walks, when she gets back to the apartment, like you said, it's storming. And there is some sad-ass crying going on from Madeline's apartment 214. Yeah, Madeline is a wreck. She's just weeping and sobbing. Stacy asks, what's wrong? And Madeline turns to her and goes, You broke your promise! And it's important to note that all of this is happening in pitch black. When Stacy goes into Madeline's apartment, all the lights are off, and we just see the silhouette of the old lady in front of the curtains, and it is creepy as fuck. Yeah, there's some great atmospheric effects here. Stacy's terrified, she backs up, uh, tries to turn on the light, and when she flips on the light, something very strange has happened. The entire room is empty. Yeah, this is the first truly paranormal thing that happens in this episode. She flips on the light, and it looks like no one has lived in that apartment for a while. And I think it's at this point when we get our commercial break. Inside this homeless flow, the craziest stuff ever known. Flow makes a sound, crackle and pop, you want to make something of it and you don't want to stop. The next day, Stacy tries to get to the bottom of this mystery. She goes to, to Zangief and asks yep. him... Who lives in apartment 214? He's like, oh, nobody lives there. No one has lived there for years. Uh, she's like, what about Madeline? What about Madeline whatever her last name is? Madeline Cagle? He's like, go away. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she tries to talk to her mom about it, and her mom says, sweetheart, there's no way that a woman could have been in that apartment, and then the second you turn the lights on, she's not there. Think about it. That's dumb. Verbatim. <laughs> Verbatim. But Stacy obsesses over this. She eventually goes back into the apartment to see what's going on, and she finds something strange. The apartment is empty, save for a painting on the floor. Yeah, Madeline, as we mentioned earlier, was a painter. She was an artist when she was younger, and uh, she had all sorts of paintings hanging around her apartment. And now there is a canvas sitting on the floor by itself, and Stacy picks it up to examine it, and we get a close zoom in on this painting. It's a depiction of she and Madeline sitting on Madeline's couch together having tea, and it is real creepy. It is super creepy. Stacy looks up from the painting, and holy shit, Madeline is there, and she looks ghoulish. Yeah, she is nuts. I mean, they haven't put makeup or anything on her. She's not like a demon or anything, but her presence there is just terrifying, and she looks at Stacy and tells her, You broke your promise. I needed someone there on that day. Yeah. That, and why does she need someone there on that day? Because on that, that day, day was the day, day I died! Uh, I guess this is as good a uh, chance as any to mention. The actress who plays Madeline really does a good job in this role. Yeah, part of it, and I was kind of thinking about this, like, like you said, there's no special effects. This isn't a situation where they put ghost makeup on someone. This is just an elderly woman. But I think part of what makes it so scary is, like, when was the last time you saw an elderly person like, an elderly woman really freak the fuck out like that. This would have been the first time I ever saw that on TV. Yeah, I think about it, and, like, I'm so used to, like, you know, I think about my grandparents when I was a kid, or my great-grandparents when I was a kid, and they were all, like, super chill. I just assume that that's, like, a biological thing that happens as you get older, you know? You don't have as much energy, also, you realize shit doesn't matter as much, and you're always super chill. So part of what made this scary was just, like, having an elderly woman screaming directly into a camera and approaching it like 
wildly. It's it, it's just alien to you. And she did a really great job at it. We get an amazing sequence after this where Stacy's trying to run away. She runs to the curtains and lightning flashes and Madeline is standing behind the glass, leering at her and screaming. Yeah, she runs back to the door and locks it and a note slides under the door that says, why did you break your promise? The way this is all done, this feels like a legitimate horror movie. They're relying on a lot of really effective horror tropes to depict this. Yeah, there's dramatic music, there, the pacing is quick, uh, there are some Dutch angles, jump scares happening. It's all very conventional and practical effects, but it's, it's executed perfectly. Stacy is totally alone in her apartment, and everywhere she turns, this old woman is uh, accosting her. She runs out into the hall to get help, and it's important to note that she does this because her mom is not home. Right before she went into Madeline's apartment, she wished her mom luck on a dinner date with her dad. The possibility of them, you know, getting back together was brought up. So she's alone in her apartment now, and she's being chased around by this ghost. So she runs out into the hall to find this new friend of hers that she went to the Battle of the Bands with. But she doesn't find her friend. Instead, a figure emerges from the shadows, and it's it walks towards her. And it's this huge hulking thing. And she screams. <laughs> and out from the shadow steps. The old Russian dude. The old Russian dude. At this point, I really wanted her to scream again. <laughs> <laughs> like once she realizes it's him. Yeah. Uh, but she doesn't. The Russian guy says, what are you doing out here? Uh, and she explains, there's a ghost in apartment 214. He just kind of rolls his eyes and says, oh, I've been hearing that for years. It's impossible for me to rent that apartment because every time I do, people will complain that there's a ghost in the apartment haunting it. And then he just kind of like waves his hand and starts to wander off. This kind of confuses Stacy. She's like, I just told you there's a ghost in there. All of the lights are out in the building. Like scary stuff is happening. Where are you going? And he, he looks at her like she's an idiot and says, to fix the lights, the power's out, it's dark in here. She says, I could come with you, and he says, no, leave me alone, and he walks off. It's at this point that Stacy's dog, who we haven't even mentioned up to now, wanders out of her apartment into uh, apartment 214, and she's like, dog, no! She runs in after it, and lo and behold, there's Madeline by the couch, ready to confront her one final time. And this time, Stacy keeps her composure and asks Madeline outright, are you dead? Madeline sighs and says, yep, I'm dead. Stacy explains herself from earlier and says that she was just trying to make a new friend. She didn't mean to blow off Madeline for their death date. Madeline explains that she's been here for years. She refuses to move on to the afterlife. Yeah, Stacy's like, you're a ghost. Shouldn't you, like, move on? Shouldn't you, like, go towards the light? And, and, and Madeline just sort of laughs this off. Yeah, she says she doesn't. She's staying here. She says she doesn't like the idea of anyone renting this apartment because it's still hers, which seems really selfish. Like you died, you cannot keep claiming ownership of this apartment. After this, Madeline says something that I found really interesting. I've got nowhere to go. Nobody wants me. I'm not welcome anywhere. If heaven and hell decide. That they both are satisfied. <laughs> um, we've already established that in the universe of this episode, there is an afterlife. It is possible for people yep. to move on, but apparently no one wants Madeline. So was she just rejected by heaven and hell? Did God say no? She was at least rejected by one of them and she doesn't want to go to the other. Like, it's very clear that she does not have the option of going to heaven or hell or does not want to. 
Remember that episode of Rocco where Heifer's grandma chooses to go to hell because she thinks heaven is full of sandal-wearing Santa Clauses? Grandma, Mom and Dad said that you went up to heaven. They've been spooning you a bunch of hooey, Hefty. You think I want to slouch around with a bunch of sandal-wearing Santa Clauses? I like it here. It's warm. <laughs> yep. But Madeline says again she just feels so lonely. And Stacy says, you know, Madeline, I think I have a solution. And then we get a, a nice, neat bow on everything. Uh, the camera fades and pa- fades to the front sign of the apartment complex, where it had said that they had uh, one-bedroom apartments available and one two-bedroom apartment available. And crazy old Russian man is taking the two-bedroom off of the sign. Yeah, we are told via narration that Stacy and her mom moved into Madeline's old apartment. And now Madeline and Stacy can be together all the time. And and Stacy doesn't have to live in a tiny little one-bedroom star- sardine can with her mom. And I think the crazy old Russian even says that they get a discount on it. You get a discount. Living with ghosts. The story ends with the door to apartment 214 closing as slightly ominous music plays in the background. When Stacy and her mom moved into apartment 214... She made up for her broken promise. We cut back to the Midnight Society, and as Gary goes to put out the fire, he looks for the Midnight Bucket, can't find it, and goes, Tucker! Yep, and then the camera sort of pans behind the stone throne, and we fade to black. Oh wait, I forgot to mention, they once again hype up Sam's story next week. Okay, looks at Betty Ann and says, uh, and we'll see Sam next week. So remember, mark your calendars, loyal viewers at home. Anyway, we get all of that. Rock an awesome theme song, and we are out. Rock an awesome theme song. Now, Eli, we've already discussed this episode once. Uh, I will let you go first this time. Tell me what your opinion was of Apartment 214. Yeah, uh, I'll start with the actual story and then talk about the Midnight Society stuff. This episode was sort of inconsistent, which is something we've gotten twice now in this season, where the pacing is kind of off. Most of this episode is incredibly boring. Um, there's not a lot to really hook you in as far as Stacy and her mom and this new girlfriend. None of them have particularly funny or interesting lines. Stacy, at one point we get to see her just sitting on a balcony doing homework and like tucking her mom in on the couch to sleep. It's really, really boring stuff. And then halfway through the episode, it goes nuts with this uh, terrifying old woman. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, when this episode tries to be scary, it does it really well. It does it really effectively. Knocks it out of the park, yeah. Yeah, like, I guess we'll touch on that more when we ask the question. But yeah, it is a very stop-and-go episode. And it's kind of like, I mean, and just like you... last week, none of the really fun stuff starts happening until about halfway through. The first half of the episode is people unpacking and checking the mail and cleaning up an apartment, doing homework, and we actually get to see a montage of a young woman helping an old woman with her groceries and pouring tea. This is not a terrible episode, but in terms of the pacing and stuff, I feel like we've kind of been spoiled by some of the crazier episodes, like, you know, Tale of the Full Moon or whatever, where there's something happening all the time, and it's always going to be something funny or something scary or something that moves the plot forward. Here, I understand what they were going for. They wanted kind of a quieter episode. It's about an elderly person, so it's not going to be really high octane. Uh, but yeah, it just 
And it, it dragged a little bit in places. If they wanted to fix this, they would have done it more like other episodes in the past. Stacy would have immediately become friends with this other girl and tried to convince her that there was a ghost. And every time they were together, Madeline wouldn't appear. That way, you can have funny moments and comedic relief with the girl down the hall. But whenever Stacy's alone, you can make you can amp up the scariness of the episode as well. But instead, every character is boring until Madeline gets scary. That being said, everything else in this episode was fine. Uh, there aren't any yeah. really terrible actors here. Like I said, I really enjoyed the the odd Russian landlord guy. The Midnight Society stuff is is fine. Before we ask the question, tell me what you were thinking about uh, in regards to the Midnight Society. I liked seeing more of the development of uh, the Midnight Society, like this rebuilding that's happening. I like seeing the problems that come along with this. You know, in the first season, when we saw the, the interactions between Frank and uh, Eric, we often wondered why the two of them hated each other so much and, and why they had the dynamic that they did. The dynamic between Tucker and Frank is really similar, but it makes a lot more sense. Tucker is younger, and he's driving Frank crazy because he's being a kid. And everyone's trying to find a way to deal with that. You know, they know they need new members, but Tucker isn't exactly one of them. And I really enjoyed that dynamic that we're getting. I like seeing that built up more. Couldn't have said it better myself. Did you notice that they've sort of redone the Midnight Society set uh, for this season? I've noticed twice now that we're getting totally different camera angles than we would have before. Um, They might have rebuilt it entirely, but we see it way differently than we did in the first two seasons. I did not notice that. Yeah, there was like, the, the the stone throne is kind of in a different position. Used to almost, I would say like more than half the time when we saw the stone throne, the camera was positioned in such a way that it would have been, the, the throne would have been on the left side of the fire. And now more often than not, when we see it, the, the throne is on the right side of the fire. And it's not just that they would have moved the camera for that to happen. They've moved the entrance path to the campfire because the kids would always walk in toward, they would walk up towards the camera and then whoever was going to be telling the story would usually be sitting on the left. Uh, and, and they've totally reversed it. The trees are different. It's really weird. I actually like it better though. But now I suppose it's time to get down to business and ask the question. Eli. Yep. You scared of this? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I was also scared of this. Uh, like we said earlier, the horror sequences with Madeline terrorizing Stacy are really well done. Like, an old lady appearing out of nowhere to scare you from behind a window is never going to stop being scary. Yeah, the silhouette of Madeline and, like, her grabbing the camera person and saying, that was the day I died. It's all very surreal. And uh, it doesn't matter who you are. It's strange to look at, and it's uncomfortable, and... Uh, it's kind of scary. Did you like this one better than Tale of the Midnight Ride? Uh, I don't know. I I really enjoyed the character. I know you hated all of them, but I really enjoyed the characters in the Midnight Ride, whereas everyone but Madeline was sort of boring in this. Um, I'll be honest. I've, the characters in Midnight Ride have grown on me a little bit over the course of editing that episode. I think I might have been too hard on, on what, Ian. This episode is definitely scarier than Midnight Ride, but Midnight Ride is way more fun. So I I would kind of give them both a B rating. This episode does not feature a caveman doing a funny dance down a flight of stairs, so I'm going to have to give the nod to Midnight Ride. And try as I may, I couldn't make any random observations of crap in the background this week. There was nothing fun going on. So, yeah, maybe Midnight Ride wins. But anyway, enough about that. On to the music.
So that is The Tale of Apartment 214. Uh, next week, we hope you'll join us for The Tale of the Watcher's Wood, an episode directed by David Winning and written by Gregory Kennedy. Allegedly. Allegedly written by Gregory Kennedy, which is, I believe, a new name to the show. So we might be getting sort of a new tone and a new style here. Uh, David Winning, this will be maybe his third or fourth episode directing. And of course, this will be the first story told by Sam. So we definitely look forward to that. You've been waiting for weeks. It's finally going to happen. Sam tells her first story and we meet a new face. So we will see you all next week for that. Uh, between now and then, be sure to like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash you scared of this. Uh, follow us on Twitter at you scared of this. Check us out. Check out all our previous episodes on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash you scared of this. And uh, give us a rating on iTunes. We always appreciate that as well. That's right. Hope you enjoyed the tale of apartment 214 and we'll see you next week in New Jersey at the new mall coming 2018. <laughs> we'll see you next week in New Jersey at the future side of a mall. <laughs> or should I drop in the audio from like a completely different show or movie? <laughs> Just like chop up a bunch of different quit fucking around. <laughs> I don't know. I give you license to do whatever you want with that. Or you can use this audio of me saying, nah, we won't drop that in. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs>